Alabama coach. What, what, what? It'd be Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor in that exact order. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I put a Lindo Mari up there before Ryan I like, I like Ricky Williams. Just before Dolphins training camp this past July, he turned his back on all of it and ruined the Dolphins' entire season. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages, the Batter Fins Fan Podcast is back on October 26, 2023, episode 22. Now, Danny, are you sure about the episode? Because we've been having some mishaps the last I got it. I got it. I was on it. it. Boom. Perfect. All right. We're back here to preview the New England Patriots as we rock our throwback uniforms this Sunday. But before all that, Danny, how the hell are we doing today? I'm pretty good, man. It's that time of year, that Halloween. That's when the the holidays start. I was just trick-or-treating with the kids out at the school trunk or treat uh it's a good time of year man especially when your football teams are winning it's no better five time days early i see it i see it five days early but i, I could appreciate it that's why we're a little late today we're about four what three minutes late because you know you have to take care of important stuff listen if there's any excuse to be late it's definitely for your kids but nonetheless danny it's guest time baby it's yes, guest sir. time and we and we got another great one joining the show today now I feel like I'm going to give him this introduction, but he really doesn't need it because if anybody watches any Miami Dolphins podcast, you obviously know who this guy is. True. But for the last 18 years plus, he has a few titles. Executive Dire- Director of the Jason Taylor Foundation. He's uh, the Hall of Famers publicist, off-field manager. And then prior to joining the Jason Taylor Foundation from 1996 to 2003, Miami Dolphins as a member of the team's media relations department. This guy has a lot of titles. So let's go ahead. Don't waste any more time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Batter Fin Time Podcast, Mr. Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank. Sir, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, man. Excited to be here with you guys. Appreciate that introduction. And uh, yeah, too many titles. You have too many titles. It's like you got too many keys on your keychain. Like, you know, I want one key, one title. That means I've made it in life. So did I get them all right? Did I miss yeah, I, There was nothing inaccurate there. It was all, all right. All right, great. So let's start off with the most basic of questions. 1996, Danny, you were like two at that time. But <laughs> was, yeah, um, I was in middle school. They're tight. My fandom was already full fledged at, at, at that time. Yeah. Was Seth's dream coming out of college, I want to work for the Miami Dolphins, or did you just kind of land this job and then your fandom started from there? No, that's a great question. Uh, my dream was absolutely to work there. It was my dream from probably seven, eight years old. Uh, used to go to – I did go to some some practices at St. Thomas, but the majority of the ones that I saw was when they moved into – well, actually, that's not true. I went to the St. Thomas practices, and then they moved into the, uh, the Davy facility in 93. But anytime I would go out to practices, I would see the guy – I knew I was never going to be on the field. I was never wearing a – I mean, you know, forget Same. about it. I am not much of an athlete. Uh, maybe the uh, two-hand touch in the street tackle on the grass was as close as I got to playing any kind of football. But I would see these other guys just milling around, whether it was the guys in in the slacks and the, and the polo shirts, whether it was guys driving around in the golf cart. And I was always kind of fascinated with what are those guys doing? How did they get to be there? We kind of talked off air. Where you're like, hey, any right. job, any job. And, and that was kind of my feeling. Like, what can I do to be a part of this thing? Uh, because I know it's not going to be any talents that I have in throwing the ball or tackling somebody. Um, and then when I uh, was heading to college, I learned of this. You could get a degree in sports administration, 
And I was like, that's it. I'm going to study this. I'm going to find a way. I'm picking one job in the universe. My mom was talking to me about having a fallback plan and all these other things. And I was really just uh, focused on, on working for this team. Got an internship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so I was in oh, Florida, Lord. went to the University of Florida, got an internship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was the only opportunity I could get in sports and professional sports. And when I sat down there and interviewed with those guys, it turned out that Harvey Green, who was the PR director for the Dolphins, had, had he had at one point been in Cleveland like 15 years earlier. He had hired both of the guys and ended up hiring me. And so I really had this opportunity to prove myself to those two guys who gave me a great recommendation to Harvey. Basically had to go all the way up to Ohio to come all the way back down here to South Florida and got an internship in 1996. And it absolutely was a dream come true. When we're talking Cavaliers, we're talking like Mark Price Cavaliers, Terrell Brandon Cavaliers. Which Cavaliers are we talking? Man, look at that. I'm impressed, Danny. So it was Terrell Brandon. Mark Price had just been traded away. It was 1995. Okay, Terrell okay. Brandon got nobody really knew what they had, and he ended up having an all-star caliber season. Yeah, um, yeah. we uh we traded for Dan Marley, drafted mm -hmm. Bob Sura out of Florida State. Ooh, Bob Sura. Yeah, funny enough, I drove a I drove a Chevy Cavalier. It was aqua colored for the Miami Dolphins. Was that on purpose? hundred percent. Well, no, the Chevy Cavalier, no. Yeah, yeah. It was just oh, that oh, I could oh, oh. the damn okay, thing. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, but but the color, the aqua color absolutely was on purpose. And to show you how things have changed, that so we draft Bob Sura as our first round pick, and they send me to the airport, and I pick him up in my Cavalier. So it's the first round draft pick from the team, and they send this intern out there. And I've got, you know, if you ever been in the old Cavalier, and it was a two door, not even a four door. Yeah. Bob Sura sits in the front seat. His agent Jeff Wexler gets Carl's in the back. He was like, "What in the hell did we just get drafted by? That this yeah. is people they sent for my client." And he still talks about that to this day. If I ever run into him, and uh, yeah, so that was the crew: um, uh, Tyrone Hill, Chris Mills. Tyrone Hill, I remember Bob Tyrone Hills. Hill. May he rest in peace. It was a good group of guys. I learned a lot yeah. about professional sports. Wayne Embry was the general manager. And, uh, man, what an incredible guy he was. And one of the best experiences in sports I ever had in my life. And I really learned okay. to grind, learned what it took to work, uh, made about $40 a game. And that was it. Didn't get paid to be there, just made that. But um, really kind of grew up it that year out. and proved myself enough where I got this shot with the Dolphins in 96, which was, you know, Jimmy Johnson's first year. And I got hired full time after that. That was, awesome. uh, that was the beginning of the end for Dan Marino. With Jimmy uh, well, no, we had a good four-year run, man, which now. was also part of the yeah. dream. Jimmy Johnson yeah. and Dan Marino, come on. Yeah, no. you know there was some there was some interesting times, but they, you know, they went to the playoffs three out of those four years. They won some playoff games. It was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of. I fun. I think Dan Marino sticks around if it's not for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, it was seventeen years, man. He he. Uh, Maybe he would have played another year or so, but I think Danny yeah, got I mean, the most out of his body. I, I, I personally think it was Dave Wanstash who kind of pushed Marino out the door, but that's just my two cents on that one. I think it was Dave Wanstash coming in and saying it was going to be an open competition between Marino and Fiedler. Once you have that and you say that conversation at your that press disrespect. conference, that, that disrespect, I think that's when the, the tail end started. But let's go to the second part, executive direct, director of the Jason Taylor Foundation. Yeah. How'd you go from media relations member to that? Because that's, that's a huge role. You know, it was a big jump for sure. Um, so as I said, I started in 96, got hired full-time in 97. 97, we draft this skinny kid out of Akron in the third round who mm. happens to be Jason Taylor and goes on to become not just the, you know, arguably the greatest defender in the history of this franchise, but one of the greatest to ever play the game. Right. And, and JT and I hit it off right away. 
Um, you know, something in professional sports, usually the young guys bond with the players because, you know, there has to be professionalism. There's always a line that you have to draw, but you're their age group. You know, it's a, it's a young man's game. And so we grew up kind of in the same era, watching similar television shows, listening to similar music. The thing with JT and I, we bonded really quickly was I, I love pickup basketball. Can't play it anymore. I'm old and broken, but I love pickup basketball. <laughs> Not saying I was good at it, but I loved it. And he wanted to know where's the local court. Wait, he's a basketball junkie. He wanted to be Michael Jordan before oh, he ever dreamed okay. of playing football. Yeah, but JT that. was, uh, um, you know, he actually played a year of basketball at Akron, a hell of a ball player. Not much of a shooter, though, which is the problem at 6'6". You know, you got to be mm -hmm. able to shoot the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, he – he um, so we we connected right away, and we always knew we wanted to do something together. We just didn't know what that was. And eventually when he decided that he wanted to really expand his philanthropic efforts and be strategic with it and make an impact and, and leave a legacy, um, we talked about that, put a proposal together, and next thing you know, I was offered a job. And uh, it was a – it was an emotional time for me to hand my two weeks in, you know, to, to my dream job. But this was a dream job without even realizing that it was. And to work with someone who's one of my best friends, um, who I believe in, and to give me an opportunity to do things in the community that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own has been amazing. And that's 19 years ago, fellas. That's, right. uh, that's, that's a long-ass time. Mm -hmm. What are you, like 41 years old? Uh, I'm older than that, but you're kind. You're kind. No, I turned 50. Just turned 50 this year. So that's uh, awesome. You know. Oh, congrats. Yeah, so I, I, I turned oh, 40 wow. in December. So I'm, I'm almost there with you. I'm almost, I'm almost there with you. Man, that decade. Enjoy it. 40s. Right. Time. I'm going to try my best. Hopefully by that I'm working for the Dolphins. But nonetheless, <laughs> let's go ahead and start talking about those Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And one of the things that's been talked about since before the Eagles game, definitely even louder after the Eagles game. Right. Is how much stock do you put into this team, the whole fraud talk? And mm. before before I go to it, me and Danny have discussed this at length that and I kind of said it yesterday when we recorded the Jets show. I'm like, if we're frauds, right, let, let, let's go and take it at face value. If we're frauds, we have that we could only beat the crappy teams. We have a few crappy teams left on this schedule. So give or take, we're going to finish, what, 12 and five. If we win all these games against the crappy teams. You'll still get into the playoffs, and at that point, it's a brand new season. Every you know, one game d decides it all. But how much stock do you put in this? Because correct me if I'm wrong, the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Browns. They also lost to, to the, the Vikings, Vikings this, to this past yeah. week. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, who people want to just crown AFC East champs, going to the Super Bowl, they just lost to the New England Patriots that and gave them their second win. So when you hear this fraud talk, and I know you're a big Dolphins guy as well, does it kind of rub you the wrong way? How much stock do you put into this? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. It, it absolutely rubs me the wrong way. And, and I think, you know, for me, again, I'm a former PR guy. Here we are. All of us here are, are uh, I don't want to say making our living, but, you know, we, we're in this space of podcasting. And, and words are important. Words and intent are important. And the word fraud has a very specific meaning. Yes, you know, you pull it up in the dictionary, which I did because I knew you were going to bring this up. Right. Deceit or trickery perpetrated for profit or to gain some unfair or dishonest advantage. That's mm. what the word fraud means. So, uh, you know, to me, there's no deceit or trickery. The Dolphins are what they are. The record is what it is. I hate to quote, you know, I know we got a New York guy over here, but I hate to quote Bill Parcells. But, uh, you know, the Dolphins are the what the record says. The they, record are. says they, they, are. they are five and two. And, yep. you know, if you want to come out here and say, hey, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record, that's fact. That is what it is. You know, now, we didn't schedule 
who they were going to play. The Dolphins did sure as hell didn't, you know, they didn't choose their schedule. They lined up seven teams in front of them and they knocked down five of them. Okay. And two of them who are pretty good football teams got the better of them so far in this season. They're five and two. That's what they are. And it's all out there on tape. They're not pretending to be anything other than who they are. You know, who's injured every week. You know, they have one of the most forthcoming coaches you'll ever find in a press conference. You sit there and ask him things. And so to say to the word fraud really disturbs me because that means someone's out there to trick you. And here's what really pisses me off about it. Most of the people who are saying that they are, that the Miami Dolphins are frauds are people that have declared them something prior to that. So is it the Miami Dolphins' fault that if you do your power rankings and you put them number one and then all mm. of a sudden they lose to a team mm. that you had number three, is that the Dolphins' fault? Or are you a poor judge of, of, or a poor evaluator of talent? Like, right. do, you, you know, do you think one team's better than they are or one team's not as good as they are? So I, I don't know how that's their fault. Now, if you're disappointed, I'm disappointed that they weren't able to win one of those two games. I didn't expect sure. them to be 7-0 at this point in time. I would have liked to have seen a better showing against Buffalo for sure. I think we all would have, and that's probably what's yeah. most hurtful for Miami Dolphins fans. I thought the Eagles game, they played well at times. I think they did. They do struggle from time to time when they play bullies. And that offensive and defensive line of the Eagles and that quarterback, much like the way the Bills are built, they, they can be bullies at times, and that's what happened there. But, you know, the game, it was 17-17 in the late in the third, going into the fourth. Right. They had, you know, if, if, if they call pass interference or if Tua makes a different decision and they march down the field there, you know. If Tyreek, if Tyreek doesn't hit the ball with his knee on the way to the end zone. Yeah, and listen, you know, could, with as much as Tyreek Hill has done, can we, uh, can we sacrifice a, a drop pass here or there? For yeah, sure. We'll have to live with it. Of course. But it has Point being is that they were there with the NFC um, champions from last year, and things got out of hand towards the end. It wasn't a great showing, but to say they're fraudulent, that they are pretending to be something that they're not, I find that problematic. I I agree. I agree 100% with you, Denny. Uh, Well, I was just going to bring up, I I think, Manny, you brought up, um, uh, what team was it that you just brought up that you said that also hadn't beat anybody? Uh, I'm sorry, the San Francisco 49ers had back-to-back losses to the, the Browns and the Vikings. I apologize, the 49ers. And then when I was looking up the Chiefs' schedule, the Chiefs had also only played two teams that are over 500. They lost to one of them, the Lions, and then they beat the other one, the Jaguars, by like a touchdown. And then they beat the other five teams, which are just a bunch uh, the Bears, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Chargers, all teams that you guys have beat, and nobody's calling them frauds. Now, the difference is – that the Chiefs have proved it before, and we're for still sure. waiting for, right, and we're still waiting They're for the defending Super Bowl champions, right? right? Exactly. So you, you know, I, so and I get you give them the they benefit of the doubt. And San Francisco also has has gone deep in the playoffs, and they they've earned some of that as well. The Dolphins haven't. We understand they haven't won a Super Bowl. Uh, excuse me, you haven't won a playoff game in it since I worked for the team, right? We understand that. We understand that. You know, until they do certain things, people won't believe certain things, and I'm okay with that as well. But that doesn't mean that they're fraudulent. You I know, agree. That, that's, well, it, it's I, the choice of words that bothers me. Right. The doubt I agree. Doesn't bother me. The doubt I, is is earned. Right. But the I, I agree. Of words I find problematic. What we've been talking about on this show over the last couple of weeks is we don't think they're fraudulent. I think this is a Super Bowl offense. I think that there's no doubt that this is a Super Bowl contending offense. The defense is what's still a little bit in question, but I don't think that you can say that this isn't a good team. Now, if you want to wait for them to beat. 
a team that's over 500, that's fine. But they're not fraudulent. They beat who's been in front of them. And I also I actually took positives out of the Eagle game because I felt like they played a poor game and they still hung in with one of the best teams in the NFL. So sure. although they lost by two touchdowns, they didn't play their best game and they still hung in there with the Eagles in Philadelphia coming off of a loss. Let's and, go. and then I also wanted to bring up the fact that the Eagles offense has been stale all year. And then the Eagles fans and the media has been on them. And then the, the Dolphins came into town and they finally started moving receivers in motion. And they started doing different things that we hadn't seen the Eagles do up until that point. So maybe that caught the Dolphins a little off guard also. I'm just saying that I wouldn't call yeah, them fraudulent. A football team. And that's okay. I, 100%. I, I, I'm, I, I was one of the ones that was saying this is a Super Bowl contender. I took a step back. But I'm not saying they're fraudulent. I still think they're a playoff team. But now right. I, l- l- I, maybe I got ahead of myself. And I just want to see a little more out of the defense, particularly before I can go ahead and take that step again where I start saying this is a Super Bowl contender. And I think well, that's what happened is people have gotten themselves all revved up and they're throwing yeah, around sure. all these things that they think they are. And then when they haven't lived up to it in big games, all of a sudden they're blaming that. They, oh, they're fraudulent. They, Wait right. a minute. You're the one who declared I, the Dolphins have said what their goals are. Right. And nobody, there's not not a single team in the NFL that has won a Super Bowl this past week, right? Uh, they have won a Super Bowl previously, but nobody won the Super Bowl at six and one or right. five and two or whatever it might be. We're just this. There are seven weeks into the season. There's a lot of ball left to be played. I get it. They are going to have to win these types of games at some point during the season if they're going to get to that elite status. But fraudulent again is the word I find problematic. Well, it, this is. Beautiful timing, by the way, because my next topic was going to be X, Ramsey, Needham, all back to practice with this Van Drew defense start showing signs of dominance. As this was about to be by the Adam, Adam Schefter, 12 minutes ago, Dolphins are planning for Jalen Ramsey to make his return this Sunday against the New England Patriots. Seth, you're here live, buddy. You're here live. Well, how does that make you feel, especially with this topic uh, topic of conversation we were just about to get into? It's exciting. Now, look, I, I've been around ball long enough to know that – and. Granted, everyone's saying that Jalen Ramsey's an alien, and I'm excited to see uh, sure. what that looks like. Um, but I'm okay tempering expectations until he gets, you know, his sea legs underneath him. Right. He may, look, he may be the best player on the field. Right. Devontae Parker may, may make him look bad tomorrow. You don't yeah. know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what? You don't know. But uh, point being the fact that he was able to rehab the way he has been able to, the fact that he's been able to win over the locker room the way he's been able uh, to do so, even though he hasn't been on the field. That's all been really impressive. And absolutely, I mean, the vision uh, for what this defense was supposed to look like had him as one of, if not the key component. So to know that he's going to be back on the field, especially at a time where you've got some other guys who are a little nicked up, that's very exciting. So just tweet this out. 42 seconds ago, Jalen Ramsey retweeted said comment and said, so this is why I've been getting crazy amount of text messages. Well, this is news to me. MFs <laughs> don't care about being right. They care about being first in today's media, and wow. that's sad. Now, we're not saying that he's denying the fact that maybe they told him at practice, hey, you may get a chance to hit the field. Like you said, get your sea legs under him. But apparently, Jalen Rams does not agree with this tweet. But I think, nonetheless, the fact that he's back at practice only three months after that major repair that he had, yeah. I think it goes, it goes back to what you said. Seth, that he is a bit of an alien, but to get Needham back, to get X back, to get Jalen Ramsey back, 
even Brandon Jones, he had a horrific injury last year. So to see him being able to play on the field so soon after that injury, it gets me excited. But I guess it goes back to what Danny said, that Danny wants the question marks of this defense to finally be answered. Do you think getting this plethora of talent back on the on the defense side of the ball, will we finally start seeing the top five ranked defenses that Fangio has led in the past start showing up for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, the good questions. Uh, I don't know that I have the answers. but yeah. And again, think about what we're talking about. These are all guys that are coming off of injuries, some of them yeah. significant injuries. And so to expect them all to play the way that you've seen them play before immediately um, might be unrealistic. The, the hope is that they can continue to rack up enough wins so that these guys are playing optimally when you're playing your most meaningful games. And, and so that's, I think with the new system, especially one that is apparently as complicated as Vic Fangio's um, you know, it's not unrealistic to expect there to be some growing pains. I had hoped that we would see more results sooner. Uh, although they, they probably played their best game of the year against the Eagles um, so, uh, you know, you hope they're trending in the right direction and getting good quality football players back on the field only helps that cause. Danny. Uh, look, Jalen Ramsey coming back to any team is, is a step up from just about anything. Well, he's not coming back to any team, Danny. He's coming yeah, back. Not your jets, sir. Not your jets. Yeah, well, we're good at cornerback. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, that that that's a huge improvement. Uh, I, I've always and, and anybody has been listening to this show knows that I've, I've had my doubts about Xavier Howard being a one. I, I think he's better suited as a two. So mm-hmm. having Jalen Ramsey come over and take over that that spot, uh, I, I think that that would be huge for this defense. But like Seth said, when players rush—I don't want to say rush back—but when they get back at an accelerated timetable. It worries me that they're going to take a little while to adjust because it's wild. Three months. Like they said, possibly December. We're in October, and he's he might be coming back. So, I, like you said, temper expectations. For but sure. um, that, that's very exciting because, I mean, having Kayla Kohu consistently at the nickel and not having to move him back and forth from the outside to the inside and all that stuff, that, that just shures up so many positions in your secondary I think that would be a great thing if it's really true. But I don't know, from that retweet that you just read from from right. uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's like, yo, relax, relax. I'm not ready to hit the field just yet. But that moves us to the next one. O-line's decimated, Seth. Defense corners are, are getting decimated. Middle linebacker play, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, David Long has been good. I wouldn't say great. Uh, Jerome Baker has glimpses of being really good, and then he has other glimpses where he's like, all right, where did Jerome Baker go? With the trade deadline, trade deadline fast approaching here in about five days, do you think there's any immediate moves, or is there any immediate moves that you as a fan would want to see this team make before the trade deadline? Or do you think we're fine where we are, stay put, and keep going with the pieces that we got? Yeah, I'm probably going to disappoint you guys with this answer, and this is the old PR guy in me, but I'm like okay. – you know, speculation and what's out there and who they could trade for and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really, it's just, I'm not wired that way. I kind of look at, this is the roster they've got. They're a little banged up. They're certainly banged up on the offensive line and you hope that they can get out there and um, obviously you hope they can perform well enough to win. You definitely want them to be able to protect number one, because I I think more than anything, a win is important. What's more important is that you 
have number one the following week and the following week and the following week. So I think that that's the most critical piece. Um, but to, to go find the missing link somewhere else and that, that they have to kind of get caught up to speed and what right. do you have to give up for that and uh, all of the different factors that, that come along with trades. If they make a trade and it could make a splash and it could be exciting, but I like to kind of focus on the guys that are on the roster, not to sound like a coach saying I focus on who's on the field, but that's really just the way I'm wired. I, I appreciate that because I kind of I kind of lean the same exact way. Coming into free agency, I wanted uh, I said before we spend money anywhere else, let's shore up that offensive line. And this is before obviously this offensive line has been playing amazing football when they're healthy and all on the field at the same time. Obviously, losing Isaiah Wynn is a huge blow. Um, Robert Jones, uh, that, I, I want to say I pronounced that right. Robert Jones stepped in. And like I said, looking against the Eagles' D line, maybe not a lot. Lester Cotton, I think, right? Didn't yeah, Lester it was Cotton. Oh, that's right. Cotton. Lester Cotton, Cotton stepped up, right? So, and then going up against that Eagles' front, not a lot of people are going to look great going up against that Eagles' front. But for me, I, I wanted to bring in bring in a guy that, um, before the season started, like Taylor Lewan. I grant, grant to Taylor Lewan said some some disparaging thing about our team here just recently uh, on Twitter. Maybe we don't want to bring him in anymore, but. I feel like at this point I'd stay put as well. I don't want to give up. I, I don't want to give up any more draft picks. I don't want to go against the salary cap that's already going to be over the salary cap when we come towards the end of the season. It's like we got to take care of the guys that are here and they're in-house guys. So, Danny, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't trade for anybody either. Uh, I I would, but Tyler Lewan is, is a tackle. I, I would be focusing in on the in, on the interior of the line because Connor Williams is banged up. Wynn yeah. is out. Eichenberg, before the season started, nobody wanted to see Eichenberg on the field. And now he's going to play either center or left guard. He's going to be somewhere in there. So I feel like that. that He'll do fine. It's He'll a, do fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you're going to anywhere, like in this whole entire roster, if there's a spot that I would want to sure up, it's possibly the interior of the line. Whether it be Connor sure. Williams can't come back, maybe find them. Even though finding a reliable offensive lineman in the trade deadline, it's probably impossible. Right, because if they're good, if, if, if they're, they're good on somebody else's team, on a they're not going to trade them up, right? right? Because if you talk to, to half the league, half the league has offensive line problems. Like right. it's a very common issue across the league. He's exactly so it, right. Right, so it, it's not something that's easy to just fill in. But with that said, Liam Eikenberg has always been uh, like a like a very sore spot for this team and this offensive line. So just knowing that you're going to have to rely on him, regardless whether it be at center or left guard does give me some worry. So if I was going to look into upgrading any position, it would be either left guard or center. But uh, again, I don't know what you would bring back. So I, I, much like you, I guess I would just stay put. I'd stay put as well. Um, but by the way, I, I thought that there was no point in bringing Chase Claypool and they decided to bring his ass on here. That, that's true. That's true. And um, But th there was a question asked, and we'll spend like 30 seconds on this real quick, um, Seth and Danny. They asked, if you had to pick, would you start Connor Williams at center? Or you start Liam Eikenberg at center. I thought, and Seth, you, you've been around football much longer than I have. You got a good 10 years on me. For me, looking at this season so far, Connor Williams is a natural guard playing center. For me, I would move Connor Williams back to his natural position of guard just because he was a pro bowler at it when he was with Dallas. And Eikenberg has looked better at center than he has at guard so far in his career. But that's just my opinion on it. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, 
now again, this all is assuming Connor's healthy enough to play, Correct. right? So you say if he's healthy, healthy enough to play, and you're not risking him. Uh, there's always an inherent risk, but if he's healthy right. enough to play, I like Connor Williams as a center. He's been okay. He plays at great, a, great. From everything that, and let me preface it by saying, I think most people who evaluate offensive line in these spaces, we don't know what we're talking about. I, I, from what I see, the guy looks like he plays really well. I'm not breaking down the all 22 and watching everything. And we need Rain know, Man here. We need Rain Man here right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if you go talk to Travis, Travis will tell you right. that Connor Williams plays center at an elite level, and For he's sure. not alone. And it's very clear that that offense runs differently when he's on the field. Everyone gets so caught up in those snaps, and I think that more than anything, when he's playing there at the point, making those calls, it is uh, you're, you can feel a lot safer about your quarterback. I think the 100%. offense runs optimally, and I don't like moving elite players off of their the position that they're playing at an elite level. So I would leave, I would have him at center, and then Liam would have to fill in for guard at guard for me if you feel he's a better option than Jones or Cobb. All right, Danny, any final thoughts on that? Keep Eichenberg at center, or keep Eichenberg at guard. Leave Connor Williams if he's fully healthy at center. Leave I could bring at home. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on. So Tyreek Hill missed one practice yesterday. Yeah. Um, Seth, a whole one practice back back on the field today. Obviously, here comes all the, the haters on Twitter talking about, well, let's see how good Tua could be without right. Mr. Um, Tyreek Hill. It's like you feel like did the Dol- Danny, did the Dolphins draft Tyreek Hill? Has he been here his entire career? Because I'm pretty sure in 2021, it was Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, um, Mac Mac Hollins was on this team at that point as well. So I had a pretty good year and even a year under Brian Flores and two offensive coordinators. And that was a year where Jalen Waddle was setting records as a rookie for the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to ask this question just because it was posted all over Twitter, Seth. I don't. I, I think you're going to think it's blasphemous the way I do. Is losing Tyreek Hill that big of an issue that this offense is still not going to be as powerful as it's been over the last several weeks? Obviously, losing Tyreek Hill is huge. Yeah, I mean, look, Tyreek Hill is kind of one of one, right? I mean, right. That's, he is a unique talent. He puts fear in the eyes and hearts of the opposing players, their coaches, their fans. I mean, that he, he is a special football player. And he and Tua – Tyreek Hill left Kansas City. Everybody – and then he talked about how great Tua was, and everybody laughed at him and said that he was throwing mm-hmm. his career away. And he has put up better numbers here than mm-hmm. he even did in Kansas City – Obviously, we know there's a lot of factors there. Some of that is he's not sharing uh, the ball with Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, we understand that that's a component there. And I think that Mike McDaniel is a very special signal caller. And obviously, you got to give Tua a lot of credit there, right? So I think that, um, you know, all of those things work together. Would you miss Tyreek Hill? Absolutely, you would miss Tyreek Hill. Does that mean that the offense all of a sudden becomes – um, uh, you know, that, that one they, dimensional or something. They, well, not just one dimensional, but all of a sudden they can't operate. Uh, yeah. You know, if Jalen Waddle is healthy, if they can get the running game going, there's other um, threats there in that receiving room. You know, Barrios and Wilson, I think, are all, all very capable players. But I'm not going to sit here and, and try and kid anybody and say that without Tyree Kill, you're not going to skip a beat. 100%. I agree with you, Danny. 
I think Tyreek Hill uh, is arguably in the conversation for MVP. I think he's that important. Now, I don't think that this team, like you said, would all of a sudden just implode. But I think it's more of when you have Jaden Waddle and Tyreek Hill on each side, it's a lot more dangerous than when you just have Jaden Waddle on one side. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you still have Robbie. Was it Robbie Chosen? He changed his last name again. Robbie yeah, Chosen. He's, he's you, got Robbie you got Braxton Berrios. You, you, you got Chase Claypool if he can behave. You got Chase and Claypool, which is a fast Brandon Marshall. I think he's like, get, him, right. Seth. get him, Seth. <laughs> hey, that's what the Bears thought also. But he's, he's a fast Brandon Marshall. So he, it's a very if, different environment here than what they're, you know, they're dealing yeah, with. I know, in Chicago right I, know I know the Bears are a mess right now, but yeah. it's just, physically he's Brandon Marshall just with a lot more speed. So Correct. he can be a monster also. So I definitely think that if he misses some time, I don't think that all of a sudden this offense becomes horrible. But um, but well, I look, think it will, it will be an adjustment period today. He's he was. Uh, I, you know, didn't limited. he say he's going to play already? He did. He, he, he did play. I think there's always some gamesmanship. You know, it could be part of why Ramsey responded so strongly as well. Um, For sure. You know, teams believe very significantly that the more you keep your opponent guessing, the more time – there's only so much time, right? And these coaches it's are working playing. 18 hours a day, and they, there's only so much time in practice. And so – you know, the more that they have to guess and prepare for Ramsey and not Ramsey, the more they have to prepare for Tyreek and not Tyreek, the more that that's an advantage for your team, right? So so you never know exactly what to believe, which I don't have a problem with. I don't even really like injury reports, and that's a whole other conversation. Right. But, I am right uh, there with you. I think it's so silly that they have to do it. I get it for gambling, but I think it's it's so silly that they have yeah, to do it. Yeah, I don't get it. You don't have to tell – if you decide that you're going to change who's going to start, you know, you don't have to tell them what plays you're going to run. So I don't know why I have to tell them if somebody's knee hurts. I don't understand that part of it. But, well, I do understand, as you said, and I think it has more to do with fantasy football and gambling than anything else. But and the long and short is that uh, I know Tyreek Hill doesn't like to miss games. That guy, well, he's, he's an uber competitor. He wants to contribute. He's got his sights set on some pretty lofty goals. I feel like if he can, he will. Well, Richard, I was I haven't been ignoring you, but I was saving your comments here for this section because now we're finally going to go ahead and move forward and preview the New England Patriots that we do play this Sunday. Where, like I said, we're going to be wearing our throwbacks. It's always exciting to wear those throwbacks. Real quick, before we jump into this game, Seth, real quick, if it was up to you, would we wear the throwbacks at all times? Oh man, yeah, you know, I, I, I put love you on the spot. Throwbacks. Put you on the spot. I, I grew up down here i love i mean absolutely i love the throwbacks i even love the logo that i worked you know the one that uh i guess i don't know a lot of people don't care for it but the one that i think in 97 that we changed to and had for quite some time yeah. i love that logo as well but the original logo is special i mean those are beautiful sure. uniforms having said that and i would have no problem if they went back to full-time rocking the old school uh uniforms because they're just beautiful and nostalgic and everything else but right if there it is, it's on your hat too. But if they went and wore them every game, would we feel that they are as special? I think part of the reason mm. we long for them is because we don't get to see them every week. So, you know, there's That's something about not having it all of the time that makes it that much more exciting when they do wear them. All right. So, Danny, we play the Patriots. We already played them earlier this season. Obviously, it was our second game. So, any differences you see this upcoming week after obviously a big win against the Buffalo Bills? Do you see them giving us any issues? Now, to your to your credit, you said the only uh, game so far this season that Tyreek has looked human 
once again, when he played the New England Patriots in Foxborough earlier this year. If he is a little hobbled, do you think that we're going to get a, a little bit of that again this time around? I, th- I, th- I think it was the Bills game that he looked human. It was the Bills game. Okay. I'll go back and look at that. Yeah. While you- but regardless, uh, I mean, the Patriots had a hard time winning in Miami even when they had Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So when the New England comes down here, I feel like it's it's, it's one hell of a game, uh, home field advantage. The only chance I, I give the Patriots is, and again, this is it's slim, but – I feel like with an offensive line, yes, you want the best talent, right? But I feel like cohesiveness is important because communication is important. For sure. And when you're plugging in Cotton and you have Liam Eigenberg at center and these guys aren't used to playing next to each other, the Eagles took advantage of that. They started running stunts and twists and stuff. And I don't think that they were communicating well. And I don't know if it's that the Eagles, obviously, the defensive line is great. I don't know if that contributed to it also. The fact that the offensive line was incohesive when they kind of just threw Cotton in there. Right. This week, the only chance that I see the Patriots having is maybe running also the same type of – I mean, it's Bill Belichick. Defense is what he does. So maybe trying to confuse the offensive line here, bring weird, I don't know, blitzes or something like that. Right. Do I think that's really going to stop them? No. Do I think they can slow down this offense? No, especially not at home. And I don't believe in Mac Jones. They won two games, but, I mean, they beat the Jets barely, and then last week they beat the Bills. I don't even – the Bills put up 14 points. You're not you're putting up more than 14 points. Sure. So no, I'm not I'm not giving the, the Patriots much of a chance. And um, I think this will be a comfortable win, Tyreek Hill or not. So then Seth, this follow-up is for you. Are the Dolphins covering that nine and a half spread? Because we just talked about gambling here yeah, a few I don't moments ago. I'm again the wrong guy to talk about that. I care less about point spreads or any of those yeah. things. And, Give me uh, a one point win. I don't care. A win is a win. Yeah, that that's it for me. Um, but Listen, New England and the Dolphins, it's always going to be a tough matchup. The For scores sure. are always a little bit lower. You know, the 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 drives last a little bit longer. The game gets a little bit slowed down. Uh, Belichick gets, takes a lot of responsibility for that. Um, but the Dolphins play really well at home. I think they're, yes, what, they do. 15 or 16, uh, you know, and two in their last however many home games that they played. I have to look back at what the stat is. But this team, this defense has been a different defense when they play at home. Uh, There's a lot of reasons for that. So, you know, it's a a good opportunity for the Dolphins to get back in the win column, but nothing's handed to you. I will say this. I am of the opinion that this game, as much hype as there was for the last game, and I understand why, this game is so much bigger and so much more important than that game against the Philadelphia Eagles. For uh, you know, it's division opponent. It's uh, you got to make sure that you don't start to get streaky with your losses like they did last year. So you want to break that. You know, they lost one, but then they went and one and two. It, you know, you just lost another game. You want to go ahead and quickly get back in the win column. And it, you know, if you lose this game, a divisional loss, a conference loss, there's all kinds of ramifications. So this is a big game. It's important. And if they win this game, you know, you keep that distance from the bills you stay atop the afc east and you put yourself in a position to where if you go out and beat kansas city you could be the top ranked team in the entire conference so this is a huge game i that, that's i don't know i don't think i could do any better than that so i'm not going to have you pick a score here so me if, if yeah, you want me either right right yes man i don't do predictions i don't do so, gambling and I don't so drink. me me and daddy will take care of that i part. don't drink either <laughs> I don't drink either. Yeah, I don't. I don't drink either. Right, so, so we're in the right crew. Yep, Danny. I'm gonna give you mine real quick, and then I'll let you do yours. 
I think them only putting up what ten points the last week against the Eagles sat 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 kind of iffy with this team and this offense because they know that they're way more capable than that. I think the Dolphins get back to their multiple scoring ways, and I can see a 28-13 game from this team at home and obviously getting the dub against the New England Patriots. What about you? Well, I was wrong. I I thought that the Bills only put up 14 against them. They put up 25 on them. But they had uh, two late touchdowns and made it a game. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so so for some reason I thought it was only 14. Uh, but they did get shut out by the Saints. Um, I think they'll cover that nine and a half. I think they'll win by ten by a touchdown and a field goal. I'd say yep. uh, I don't know, twenty-four fourteen. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So we all well, you do think, Seth, that the Dolphins will win. I don't make predictions, fellas. But I think that this is. <laughs> uh, listen again. It, I think that the Dolphins. Because all your are, notes, all your notes, you just said, kind of led me to believe that you think they're going to win. But I could be wrong. I could. I, be wrong. <laughs> I believe every game that they're going to win. You all know, right. I, I like that. I, I like that. But this is a game that I hate to even say that they should win. But there's a lot going in their favor. I think they For are. Sure. I think they have a stronger roster. I think they're playing at home where they play really well. I think they have matched up very well against the Patriots over the last five, six, seven games that they played against them. So there's a lot of good momentum going into this game. I like it. By the way, one final tweet from our boy Jalen Ramsey. Full transparency, there is a chance that I can play this Sunday. (laughs) But that decision genuinely isn't made yet. So that is news to me, just like it is to y'all. I have to go through the whole process to feel great enough to play. I won't play if I feel any less than great, which goes back to your point, Seth, that he wants to get those legs underneath him, literally get those legs underneath him before he he steps in the field. And like you said, it could potentially not be a great look if he goes out there and just has a terrible game. So maybe he wants to wait until, um, like you said, feels great to step on that field. Dolphins definitely have the better quarterback. I agree with you, Richard. I do agree yeah, with you. I think that's uh that goes without saying. But Seth, we had the pleasure of having um your other half. I won't say the better half. Having your you other half. You say the better half. No, no, <laughs> having know, your I, other I half <laughs> from the fish tank. And let me tell you, I had a great time with both of you. Um I, you guys are amazing for even doing this, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Cause I know that with, with your 29 titles, I know that you're a busy man. <laughs> So for I got you to take two and a half hours of work for sure. See, there you go. So for you to take your time out of your day and come spend it with the Batter Fins fans podcast, I, generally from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And if and when, again, you throw any live events, anything that you need help with, trust me, you send me a DM and I will be the first one in line again to help you guys out with whatever you need. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you guys inviting me, having me on here. You know, Danny was even tolerable as a New York fan. I, he, <laughs> I told you. No, it was a lot you. of fun, man. This was good. You guys are doing great stuff here. I love the world that we're in now. It's so different than when I was a PR guy, but where fans can not just be fans, but can be content creators. Quite frankly, that's what OJ and I did. We weren't working for the team. Yes, we had worked for the team and have unique experiences. Sure. But just like you guys, man, we we just decided we had things we wanted to share and wanted to express ourselves. And 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 now you have these mediums to do that. So it's been really cool meeting folks like you guys and so many other passionate Dolphin fans. Anytime you guys want to have me back on, I'd love to be here. And I appreciate you supporting our show, supporting the Fish Tank. It's The, the, the show doesn't mean anything if nobody listens to it. No, you guys always and you guys always have great guests. Obviously, you know, one day that's the goal to have great guests. But I already started with Richmond Webb, OJ McDuffie, (laughs) Seth Levitt. It's like, come on, no, no, Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie, Richmond Webb, Big E, Dolph Freaky, 305 Sports Babe. 
the list goes on and on of great people that take time out of their day to yeah. come and bless us with their presence. But Danny, before we get out of here, any final thoughts? Yeah, I had a, a quick hypothetical. If if the Dolphins were just, I don't, I don't, I don't can't imagine it happening. Mm. But if, and I'll ask Manny because I don't know if Seth wants to answer. If <laughs> if the Dolphins somehow lose to the Patriots on Sunday, wow. What are your thoughts about the Dolphins? We're gonna end the show on a uh, on a negative. Danny no, Boyd. it's not a negative. If if you still feel like it's it's still too early to say that, just tell him I, it can't I would, happen, man. He just tell him it can't. It, it, no, exactly. Just, yeah, I'm gonna tell you how to. I'm gonna go there PR go. guy on you. There we go. Do it. This Do it. My old boss, Harvey Green, would say he would get those kind of questions, and he would say, "I don't deal with hypotheticals." And that's it. They would just shut it down right there. Danny, I don't, I don't deal with hypotheticals. Danny, talk Danny, to me about what happens here. Yeah, no, I, I really hope we're not having that conversation <laughs> Sunday night, man. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> Here's what I want to know, Danny. You were at the trunk or treat, okay? Yes. And so hopefully your daughter racked up a ton of candy. Yes, what piece of candy did you take from her bag? What was the piece Ooh. of candy that you cannot pass up even in your Twix. adult life now? Twix are good. Okay, I can I can Twix. get down with that. That, that that's my that's my go to Twix because I'm not a big chocolate guy. I usually don't yeah. even like chocolate, but yeah, I don't know what it is about Twix. I, I just I can't. Pop them, and they they were giving out the minis, so you know those just just go popping them yeah. one at a time. I love it. I love I'm gonna it. I'm gonna put this out there because we already signed OJ up for this because and he requested it. So let's do it now, Seth. Can we have the fish tank on the Batter Fins Fan Podcast? Both you together, Jets Week, when we oh, have God. to face this guy's team. Right. I'm happy to be here. If you got juice in, we'll be here. I like Manny, it. Manny loves people coming at me, man. I do because I only get to enjoy this twice a year because outside of that, like he said, you're a very tolerable person. Now, which so Jets I, week? Which one? We'll do the first one. We'll do the okay. first one. The one no, Black that Friday. Rough, that's Thanksgiving week. A lot of people. That is true. That, that is true. That is true. But well, could we'll you see, imagine we'll if, if it's another scenario at the end of the year where you don't even want to go to the game because it doesn't matter? It's like, no, I want to get it when it matters. Well, that's, yeah, that's let's the, whole, do the December one, the home one, because that way then uh, do you guys – I know you go to the games, Manny. Dan, yeah. do you go to the games as well? I, I, I am kind the of – The Dolphins games? No, because I stay home to watch the Jets. No, 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 no. He you'll be at know. this one. You'll yeah. be at the Jets game. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, here's yeah, what yeah. we'll do. We'll come on the week of that game, and then afterwards you guys come find us there. Both of you will come find us there at the uh, – you know, iHeart. We have the booth now. They put us right there out in the Southwest Plaza right next to the Dan Marino statue. So yep. we'll see what happens. We'll make some kind of a bet, and we'll see what happens there at the booth. I already Michael. got $100 on the game against OJ. No cash. Yeah. No cash. No, no, no. Oh, OJ, called him, okay. OJ <laughs> called him out. OJ called him out. OJ wanted like to. I love it. Yeah. It just to be clear, point. that's back when I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to play this season. So <laughs> no, sorry, it's a, it's already on the I table. Know. I'm not, I'm not backing out. I'm just saying. I, that I, is it. I, I love that. it, guys. This was great. I appreciate it. Continued success with what you're doing, and uh, this one's for you, Danny. Fins up. Oh, <laughs> I like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been watching the whole way on YouTube, Twitter, go ahead and hit that like button if you enjoyed the content that we dropped for you here today. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and as always, we appreciate you from the bottom of our heart supporting the channel, supporting us. And, Seth, a big thank you again. You have yourself an amazing night. And, ladies and gentlemen, fins up. The Dolphins will win on Sunday. No hypotheticals on this show. Peace out. Fins up. Yes, sir. Ooh, Danny, did I?